Bienvenidos a Humilde y Poderosa, a Spanglish celebration of all that is brown and beautiful. Yo soy la mera mera la Sofía. On this episode of Humilde y Poderosa, we are having a conversation about race, privilege, and suggestions moving forward. Yvonne, as well as Myra, have joined me, La Mera Mera La Sofia, in this timely conversation. Here we are in another episode of Humilde y Poderosa. Thank you, Yvonne, as always, for being here and sharing your uh, Humilde y Poderosa opinions with us. It's just amazing that you participated in the show, and I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. As you take a drink, what are you drinking? I am having a little um, pink lemonade. We'll call it that. Okay. <laughs> and we'll call my drink ice tea. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Refreshing summer drinks, right? Yes. Pink lemonade and iced tea. Yes. I'm so glad. How have you been? I feel like I haven't talked to you forever. Uh, we've been kind of just living life, and I'm really glad to get back into the swing of things. Um, there's a lot going on. Yeah, nationally and locally. I, I've i been okay. Just um, took some time off, did some traveling, you know, first time during COVID. It seems that we're, it was okay. It was a good choice. Nobody's sick, but um, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Where did you go? We flew. Me and my daughters flew to Florida. We flew into Tampa. So brave. <laughs> right now, um, I think numbers are really high in Miami, so it was scary for us. But we did fly into Tampa, and then we went to Clearwater Beach, mm. uh, which is near there. And yeah, and we had a really nice time. The girls want to go back. Uh. That sounds beautiful. But me, I like I like going to different places, so I have to take them to a different beach next time. Yeah. Were there high restrictions, or, or was it pretty chillax? It was okay. I mean, everybody pretty much had a mask on, and all the airports required it. Um, so we wore masks. Uh, there were some flights that you had to wear it the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what was new. Otherwise, the airlines just weren't serving um, beverages mm-hmm. or snacks, and that was fine. Um, we weren't necessarily looking forward to that anyway. So, that those were just the major changes. Was there is there anything that you would do different if you if you travel again now that we're in COVID? Um, I don't know. I I would I wouldn't have liked to have risked going so close to Miami but I planned it two weeks ago and within the two weeks the numbers spiked Ugh. close by so <laughs> it's hard when you don't know where the numbers are going to spike. How is the ocean? Um, but good. Oh, gosh it was nice. It was definitely nice. We spent three days by the on the beach mm. so um, it's always, always relaxing and refreshing and I did yoga on the beach. Sweet! <laughs> So, yes. yes, that's awesome. Man, I wish I could just do yoga, period. But to be in on the beach, woo, girl. <laughs> that was pretty much the only thing that got me up there. Te echaste un taco de ojo? 
or oh you, yeah you more than once and i had to be yeah oh yeah um <laughs> and i had to be told to settle down more than once by my kid so <laughs> i was gonna show her the mac daddy move right mm-hmm. but she kept telling me to. Sh- she kept shutting it down so <gasps> No. The next wedding moves will happen this time. She wasn't ready. Oh. <laughs> Girls trip. Hello. <laughs> Girl trip. Oh, I'm so glad you had so much fun and that everyone was safe. And I hope um, you just really enjoyed your time with your girls. That's so beautiful. Thank you. On this show, we're going to talk about love and compassion, and I wanted to have a conversation with mothers about race, bias, privilege, Um, everything that's going on right now in today's world. I felt like it was important for us to share what we felt and, and maybe be an example for other mujeres poderosas that they could have uh, a difficult conversation with maybe something that they don't see that's right or with people in their lives that, uh, you know, be able to speak up and say something. So I appreciate you for being here and being um, muy este fuerte and muy um, brave to talk about this. Maybe we could keep the conversation going. I think we need to get more people involved in these conversations of biases and race and um, what's going on in our society. And I think that it's a major learning opportunity for everyone um, to be a part of the conversation and be a part, uh, have a seat at the table. Yvonne was so brave to come on with me and, and, We've been talking about, uh, throughout this show, about our own biases, and and Yvonne and I have spoken about what this is, what this looks like in a profession. Um, So as we go along, I just want you to think about some of the definitions that we have. Um, Race and racism, um, bias, what is it? These are the attitudes or stereotypes that affect our actions, understanding of events and decisions in an unconscious manner. So this is something that we have inside of us that we don't necessarily recognize, um, but it's there. Everyone is born with it. um, And so I feel like in our lifetime, we're at a point where we're learning to recognize our biases and in my future profession, it's going to be very important to realize what those are and how um, I'm going to use that information when serving children. Um, we're also going to talk about privilege. What this means is the advantages or immunities that are granted to particular individuals and to disadvantage others. So it's not always earned. We're also going to talk about microaggressions. Um, microaggressions can be a statement, action, or an incident regarding an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group, such as a racial or ethnic minority. So um, I'm going to list this video on our Facebook page, but it's really cool because um, Yvonne shared a video with us that talks about, uh, you know, like a mosquito bite. Um 
yeah, you just hit it. You feel the mosquito once, but after so many mosquito bites, it really, really starts to hurt. And are we doing that in our daily lives to people that we don't think that it's a big deal, but these people that are suffering from microaggressions and um, maybe we can give examples of those. Um, it's something that happens all the time. Um, something that I think is very important is that, and it's very difficult, is to, is to not stay silent, but to take a stand and say, say something. We have to do that. When we see an injustice, we feel an injustice. We um, we have to take a stance. We have to talk about it. There's a, there's a positive way to talk about it and a negative way to talk about it. Uh, to get started, Yvonne, do you want to share a little bit about uh, confronting our biases? Uh, I feel like you had a good understanding of that, and I like the way you explained it before. Yeah. So it, it definitely, it's something that we have to do by on our own. Um, and I have been fortunate enough to be come from a place where I was too fearful I was too scared I was too emotional I was too hurt I think a lot of it is about growing from your hurt and being able to talk about it in a way that's productive and so mm -hmm. a lot of it is that I've had some really strong thoughtful um allies um white um, allies who have come forward and said it's okay for you to be mad it's okay for you to be hurt you absolutely should be mad and they've spoken for me sometimes and so it made me grow and say you don't have to speak for me because you are right and I should be mad and I am mad and and I can say that on my own and so it's definitely a, a, a growing piece so it's a part of maturity and so I've finally matured to a point where although I still get emotional I um have been supported enough to where I know that somebody usually in the room will back me or be there for me or understand where I'm coming from. Um, and so a large part of it goes to, to those to those allies that I've had that have said, you, your opinion is validated, your feelings are validated. Um, it's, bull uh -huh. it's bullshit. <laughs> and so I'm not able to say, all bullshit for bullshit right um and so a large part right. of it was maturing to that point and now i i think i matured to that point i think i'm able to um say that something is wrong or something is hurtful and not feel feel like i'm gonna be turned on um uh, or that um this person and everyone else is gonna hate me because i said it um Mm -hmm. Part of it is growing older. Now I'm in my 30s. I really don't give as much fucks as I did before. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I'm fine if everybody, you know, doesn't appreciate my opinion because I do. And I, I, if my feelings are, if I'm being honest about my feelings and they're raw, then I'm validating my own um, emotions. And so... I um, I just want to point that out that this may be something that you grow into, um, but look to look for it. Mm -hmm. yeah, look for those allies, and if you if they're not coming to you, which I was lucky enough to where they came to me and they were speaking on my behalf, and then I was feeling like, oh, I can speak for myself. <laughs> um, then seek them out. Mm -hmm. Seek out book clubs um, that read books that you're reading, or 
you know, groups that are dressed, that dress the way you do or coupon the way you coupon or, you know, just if you find it, <laughs> you have this support system, right? And they validate you in your opinions and, and you need that sometimes to be able to step out and speak your truth. Mm-hmm. So when you speak your truth, I, I heard this from somebody. It's not my thought, but it, it's amazing. It's like when you get those butterflies in your stomach because you feel, you know, in your gut that something is wrong. It's okay to chase them, chase those butterflies. Um, and it should be okay to ask questions. Like if you have that support system around you, it's a safe space, you know, to think about those difficult questions that you hold inside. Like, for example, um, if you don't know how somebody identifies, you know, you're not quite sure. Ask. Don't assume. Assuming is the worst thing you can do. And honestly, I've been thinking a lot about that because I think I've, I've lived through a lot of situations where so many people assume certain things about um we'll just say for example uh families that have hispanic uh surnames so they see in hispanic surname so they automatically assume so many things (laughs) um they don't speak english they're not from here um they're probably gonna need an interpreter um it's okay to ask. Ask them, how would you like me to address you? Uh, what's your What's the best way to communicate with you? Um, maybe look it up a little bit. I think um, in today's society, there's so many like databases that everybody works off professionally. You might find the information there. Take the time to do it. So it happened to me last year where this lady called me and she's like, they grouped me in a in a group of, of parents that spoke only Spanish. They assumed that I did not speak English. She goes, I do not speak Spanish. I've only spoke English my whole life. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I don't um, appreciate that. And she was offended by it. And I was like, dude, for real, like there are lots of families from Omaha, Nebraska with Hispanic surnames that do not speak Spanish. And it's a very simple, um, you know, it's a very simple step just to look into that and to make sure that they, um, anybody feels that way. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my gosh, it's so simple. I, you know, I felt horrible for them. I guess don't assume, don't make assumptions about people. Um, does that make sense, Yvonne? I'm sorry. It does. This, Did I go off? It's happened to me too, where we've our office has sent a letter to a person assuming they speak Spanish, and then I get a phone call. I don't speak Spanish. I need my letter in English. That sort of thing. You know, it's you're apologetic, but there was an assumption made. So it's time for a brown perspective. This is the part of show where we talk about what's going on right here in el ombligo del país. Let's start this conversation uh, by stating that I appreciate uh, you for being brave and vulnerable to be in an uncomfortable situation for a bit uh, with me, but uh, to the benefit of, of all. So let's just go around and you can, can you please introduce yourself? Um, you can talk about how you identify, um, maybe ages of your children, if you would like, if you feel comfortable and, and um, we'll start from there. So Yvonne, you want to take it away? Um, Yvonne, I um, 
girl, you don't need to say your age. <laughs> I guess she's age. I don't. I have three girls, so an all-girl household. Yes. Eighteen, thirteen, and six are their ages. So all the spectrum. I even have a cat, and that's and she's a girl too. So, um, I identify as my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I identify as Chicana. Thank you, Myra. First of all, okay, so salute, Myra. What are you drinking tonight? A Cayman Jack, una margarita. Oh, orale. Pero lo malo es que la I just opened it, so it's not even the Cayman Jack. It's just lack of sleep. <laughs> so I can't even blame it. I literally just took one drink out Uy. of it. Um, I identify as Chicana. You know, uh, my parents are Mexican, but I was raised here. So Jesse is, is 10. Alessandra is 5. Adriana is 2, going on 30. Uh, Mari is 10 months now. Last week she was nine. But not- Your son is going to be the ultimate dancer with all those girls in the house. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I have two kiddos. I identify as Chicana. Um, and my children, I have a seven-year-old, Nicole, and a two-year-old, Mateo. Um, they are a bit of Central American. They're Hondureños. Um, and then... I'm a mestizo somewhere from Mexico, not really sure, but, um, you know, somewhere around there, around the border. So they're, they're a little mix of everything, I would say. Um, so thank you both for being here and introducing yourself. Um, we just, we want to, I wanted to pose some questions to the group and it's all about race, bias, uh, privilege, and the important start to that is to look into oneself. Either one of you, is there an example of a bias that you struggle with um, in your personal or professional life? And how do you cope with it? I feel like Yvonne, I kind of answer, asked this question thinking about your profession, just because you deal with so many people. Um, so I've been reflecting and I do that um, in my with my book club. I do that in the different cultural competency classes and like talks and spark talks and TED talks and stuff that I, um, watch. Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about where my biases are. Usually I'm pretty open-minded. So when somebody says they're biased, I'm like thinking, you know, well, the opposite would be this, but so I've noticed that, um, the clients that I have that self-identify as Sudanese, I, I just struggle with, um, and I know it's wrong because they're, you know, no, no group of people is all the same, but, um, particularly with the specific last name, the, the male clients, um, that I've had from Sudan, they just speak so demeaning to me. And I feel like number one is because I'm a woman. Number two, because I'm a brown woman, and I feel like if I was a white woman, it would be better for them. You know, number three, because I'm, you know, I'm giving bad news. I'm in, educating them on the country that they're in now and the laws, and um, and and I feel like there's a disconnect. And I've been reflecting a lot about why. Um, and I feel like, 
you know, Mexicanos are machistas. And so I'm used to that in a, in a, to a certain degree. Right. But I feel like when it's Mexicanos doing that, I go off on, well, I, well, I do go off on them in their own language. Like, we'll go, we'll go to the Spanish and I'll, you know, I'll say, you know, you're not going to disrespect me. This, you know, the, and, I, we'll, and I'll take it to Spanish, but I can't do that with my Sudanese clients. Um, uh-huh. So I feel like that's where the, the, I just, I don't, I won't get that type of respect because I can't break it down mm. in a native language or show them, you know, cultural competency because I'm not as competent. Um, and so that's where I'm struggling right now with my bias is just trying to find another way to connect that's not language um, and maybe growing uh-huh. over competencies as far as um, a working relationship. I need, I need a client's respect a lot of times to make decisions on cases and I don't necessarily get it um, from those students. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on it. And I and I, I want to figure a way to not say those students because it's not all it's just mostly it's been in the past males. Um, but you know I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. And because there's an influx in South Omaha too like I just find myself thinking in the grocery line like you know you know if i oh if i bumped into them you know would they hit me or something it's bad Mm. thank you for sharing that like uh, that's very very honest and um how can you teach somebody cultural competence different nationality from than you and different culture than you and that's very difficult because really they're just you know should they adapt should you adapt both have to adapt right if you're somebody that's there to be helping like hmm yeah i'm not hoping if i'm arguing if you know if i'm cutting it short because i feel like you're demeaning me and you're demanding things you know yeah I, i need to not I need to figure out a way that we can carry on the conversation despite mm-hmm. those things. Thank you for sharing. Myra, do you have any ideas about this question? Um, I think race is a very important conversation that uh-huh. we need to have. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people are uncomfortable by it, but it needs to be had. And I think we need to check our own personal biases, stereotypes uh-huh. that we have, not only in among our own community, but that we have towards other races. I think I'm, you know, lately I've really been struggling with, um, you know, when I see white people, um, I, I work with predominantly white, very upper class um, for predominantly Republican. Mm. So sometimes when that cannot work, I cringe. Um, sometimes we have a lot of conversations that I feel like we wouldn't be having these conversations if I was a white woman. Right. I feel like either, you know, they're constantly t- trying to um, either support me or try to avoid conversations. For example, me during this pandemic, I get very, very angry when I see, you know, a family of six and they're not wearing any masks uh, because they feel like violating their amendment, not because they can't wear a mask or uh, they just choose not to. And whereas if I see mm-hmm. una persona de mi gente, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it, it, they don't know. They don't know any better. It, it's lack of education, you know, because we know that right now um, mm-hmm. our community is being heavily affected by COVID. Yes. 
And it's because we're not wearing masks. Um, son las empacadoras. Yo tengo una hermana que trabaja en la empacadora. Y siempre le estoy diciendo, ponte tu máscara. And I'm sure que piensa que nomás estoy ahí chingue, chingue, chingue. Que por la pandemia. But it's not. It, it's, it's killing our people. Uh-huh. And, you know, where I'll give my people a pass versus when I see them, I get angry. I get very angry. Mm. Um, for example, today, uh, una señora went up to me. I was picking up a pizza for a friend because she, uh, for her, a friend's family. And the lady came up to me and she, she was in my bubble. And I said, could you please step back? I said, you're not feet away from me and you don't have a mask on. And she said, I just want to know where the restroom is. And I said, does it look like I work here? And she said, she, she just kind of looked at me and she's like, so you don't know where the restroom is? And I was like, does it look like I work here? And she said, oh, sorry, I thought you did. I mean, I don't know how she thought I was working when I was wearing like my pajamas, but okay. So how are you coping, I, I guess, because obviously it's very, very real in our community in South Omaha that a lot of people are not wearing masks. The fiestas are still going on. Um, we can't control other people, but how are you coping with this? And go ahead and get your message out there, girl. You know, I don't get me wrong. These parties are important. And, you know, I, I, I get it. You guys are tired of being home. But the thing is, what about those people that can't stay home? La gente que todavía tiene que ir a la matanza. My sister can't stay home. Mm-hmm. I have the luxury that I can stay home. What about the people that are out there that are immune compromised? Like your friend. She's waiting for she's waiting for a transplant. If she gets sick, like it could be lethal for her. And I think que mm-hmm. se tienen que poner a pensar que una yep. fiesta no es importante que se lo pegues a 50 people. And sure, like me, I, I'm in great health. But the thing is, I think that's what we all think, that we're invisible till we're not. I mean, you never know that if you have an underlying condition. Yeah. I mean, how else can I tell you? Like, yeah. the majority of, you know, Hispanics, they're very essential workers. They can't stay home. Tienen biles que pagar. I mean, and let's be honest, mm-hmm. not everybody got a stimulus check. Mm-hmm. We have so many people that are out there. Uh, amen. That are undocumented, that live in the shadows. And then, you know, you know better. There's a lot of people that know better, that are educated, but you still, you still at the party. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not talking a wedding. I'm talking about la carne asada, que you can't stay home. Mm-hmm. Come on now, you know better. Protect mm-hmm. your family. Protect your family. Protect you know, protect your grandma, protect the people mm-hmm. that you love. Thank you, Myra, for sharing that. Um, you can hear your passion about, you know, when you speak. And, and I think that's important for everyone to hear. You know, I saw Senator Vargas at the Vanessa Guillen um, protest. Uh-huh. And when I saw him, I gave Senator Vargas my condolences for his father passing away from COVID. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to give my friends condolences because we couldn't stay home. And they, he was in New York and the Mahinas. It's just so many people. I don't know. 
they're still in lockdown is that correct i believe so are they barely coming up i believe so too so my <clears throat> bias that I have been thinking about this past summer as I'm going to be a, a school counselor for all children is that I've never, I've only worked in like South Omaha schools, which is probably where I'll end up, but you never know. And I want to be able to serve all children. I think that um, for me, it was really difficult to think of myself like, um, with an Afri African-American boy or girl sitting in front of me because I was like, how am I going to connect with them? Like, how, why would they open up to me? I know that I can help any child and regardless of what their background is, regardless of what my, my background is, it's, it, because it, it's based on the relationship. It's about meeting them where they are, listening and showing showing empathy. So I might not completely understand something they're saying, but as long as I'm sh being a person of support, uh, something somebody that's going to actually listen to them, that's where I will be at in my mindset when I do have you know the the African American boy or girl in front of me. You need to listen to what they're saying and not how they're saying it. That stuck with me a minute because I'm like, okay, like we all know um, those girls or any girl that is in um, puberty or going through puberty. She's going to have an attitude. I don't care what race, nationality, background she comes from. But I just have to take the time to listen to what she's saying and not how she's saying it. And I feel like that's going to help me get through. And yes, I'm going to have the butterflies, but I got to chase them damn butterflies. And, and it's going to be for the best for me and my students. And I think that goes along with the students that I'm serving now who are predominantly white students. Some of the things that come through... I just have to be there for them and connect and make that relationship. That's interesting. I'm glad. Thank you for sharing. I um I love my hood clients, <laughs> like whether no, you know, just African American, Latinos, natives. Like I, I, I don't know. It's never been about race for me. For me, it's harder when it's class. It's harder to deal with the rich people than it is. And so, so that's interesting. Wow. This leads up to this next question. Like, do you feel it's important to call people out on their microaggressions or bias? Why or why not? Absolutely. I feel like if we don't speak out, I mean, I had this conversation earlier, like, en veces uno no ve lo, lo que está haciendo mal. En veces uno piensa, pues, es que así es la raza. Así somos. That's how we grew mm -hmm. up. And it's okay because that's how, that's how it was. Or that's how it is. I mean, I'm not lying. You know, yeah. too often we make um, we t make excuses, and we need to realize that it is that we are all human, and we all have toxic traits. But with that, just because I see somos doesn't mean that it's not wrong. Right. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Or when you refuse to talk about race, when it's it's a huge issue, it's affecting your black and brown friends. That's 
I I think before I was too I was too scared. I was scared of losing friendships. I was scared of burning bridges because I thought that I only was where I was because of all the bridges, right? And so I was scared of blowing stuff up. But now, and I don't know if it's because I'm older. I don't know if because I don't know just lived experiences. But now I'm in everything that's happening in the world. Being silent is being compl- and this this whole silent majority that got Trump elected, like. I have to figure out who these people are because I need to be careful and I need to protect, you know, what my family and my kids and, and everyone else that's black and brown, I need to be an advocate. And the only way to, to smoke these people out is to have these conversations, I feel like. And so if somebody is silent when silent, when all this is going on, um, you know, please murdering black people, um, kids in cages, and they're not saying anything. It's I'm I'm gonna want to smoke it out, and so I, I feel like, and at this time in my life, and at this mm-hmm. time in the United States, I, I do have to be mm-hmm. on silence. Um, is there a, a bias or stereotype that you want to clarify that you want people to know about? Because I don't I don't I don't know if mine's that deep, but it's like. It just goes back to the conversation that we were having about uh, Hispanic surnames. Like, just don't, you need to take the time to get to know the people that you're serving, that you work with, that you live around, and get to know them. Um, How do we do that? We do that by asking questions. We ask questions when it's uncomfortable. We ask questions um, for clarification. Like, that's what I want people to know is don't assume that just because I have a sir la- Hispanic sir last name that I like just ask let's have a conversation let's talk about it in the Latino culture unfortunately that was that's something I would like for us to have a conversation about is like colorism and the Latino culture and why so so when we were talking about privilege that's something that I thought about because I am fair skin and then I have green eyes. So I, I acknowledge my privilege. I know I get certain things because people assume I'm white mm-hmm. or have assumed I'm white mm-hmm. throughout my life. And I'll acknowledge that privilege. And I've also used it and taken advantage of it. So, <laughs> so when I ask other people to acknowledge their privilege, I don't do it because I assume I don't have any privilege. I know what my privileges are, but I acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also acknowledge that when I go to the grocery store, maybe La Huera with my daughter and we're in line, the cashier doesn't know what to speak to me, but she sees my daughter and she starts speaking Spanish. Really? And so I acknowledge the color is definitely. Yeah. I get English all the time on 24th street. It don't matter where I go. They always speak to me in English. Take Mari with you. <laughs> Take Mari with you to the store. They'll know to speak Spanish. For real. I'm going to have to borrow her and be like, hey, I don't want him to speak English to me. <laughs> like, whatever. I'm just used to it now. But really, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, ask questions. I, um, I wanted to say though that my, my, the thing that got under my skin, my pet peeve that I would ask people to, to watch themselves about is I um, got asked at work one time what my favorite food was and they were like oh wait it has to be that Mexican stuff <laughs> and my favorite food I'm sorry is barbecue <laughs> so don't assume that my favorite food is some <laughs> Latino Mexicano I love a lot of but my favorite food is barbecue so I was just taken aback like see you're making assumptions and very basic shit like you could have just asked me and left the question open what my favorite food was, didn't it? 
I don't feel like I really can say much because I am like a living stereotype. I'm a mariachi, so, you know, if they hire us, they know what they're getting, I guess. Um, it's just, you know, just don't get too Mexican. Don't get too out there because, you know, it's, I guess it just depends on the audience, right? Those people that are speaking English to you and assuming that you don't speak Spanish, they would never imagine you're a mariachi. <laughs> See? How, how dare <laughs> I mean, I'm taking their money, so I don't feel too bad. We were at, we just, you just never know like who the client is sometimes, right? We just show up. So they're like, okay, you need to go to this. We were on the outskirts of Council Bluffs, if there is such a thing. But it was like a beautiful ass house, beautiful. And I'm like, who the hell lives here? Who ordered a mariachi over here? Are you serious? Um, and it was like, it was a beautiful backyard. They had a swimming pool, a water slide, bar, like anything you could think of. It was just amazing. And I'm like, are these all white people? And it was like half. I hear that they were from El Salvador, but they straight up looked white American. Um, they all had colored eyes and you know and 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 then the other half was was white american and it was just crazy because um it's just how it is you know like the the people that really wanted to hear you are just hooting and hollering and going crazy and then um the white people are white americans are just like uh, spectators and and you're like okay well you know try to get them involved and try to show them you know a different side of the culture versus whatever they see on tv or whatever they have seen or heard before but uh you know i can't really say much because i get paid to do that so yeah reflect reflect on what you're seeing your wife just did that in front of you (laughs) you've never heard that come out of her mouth before Yes, your wife can shake her ass like that. I'm sorry that you've never seen that before. <laughs> Maybe you should learn how to do a grito. Bring it out in the bedroom. <laughs> right. It's like faces of in shock. You're like, oh gosh. What is a current movement that's going on in society that you want to support and you feel that other people should support with you? You already know where I'm going to go with this one. <laughs> Speak on it, girl. <laughs> and I'm going to say this very loud as a as a Chicana, as a mother. Black lives mm-hmm. matter. And by saying black lives matter, that doesn't mean that I'm saying that we don't go through some awful stuff that we don't experience racism. We're just saying that, you know, the black community is struggling right now and we're struggling Mm -hmm. too. And don't get me wrong, they're gonna come help us out too. But Black Lives Matter is a movement and an energy that they created. And, you know, if we, you know, I see a lot of people saying that they want that same energy. They want that same vibe. We gotta create it. We can't just expect it to be given to us. Right. Think about it. They were 
how, how long ago was slavery? 400 years ago? And look at the shit they're still dealing with. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were stripped from their language, their culture. At the end of the day, I can still tell you, más o menos de donde vine. I still have my language. I still have my food. My husband doesn't have that. And for people that don't know why Black Lives Matter is so important to me, I have four children that are mixed. And, you know, to my Hispanic community, Mexicanos and of all places, I, I just really want to know how do I explain to my young children that their race or their culture will turn their backs on them. Mm-hmm. My kids are being raised Mexicana as I was. My children speak the language. My children eat rice and beans almost too much, probably. <laughs> I just want to, how do I explain that to my brown children? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, how they will identify, that's up to them. And how society will label them, that's also growing. up to them. Or what is your message to them growing in white America, in the middle of the country, in a red state? And I mean, this is to into black children que nunca bajen la cabeza exactly don't don't put your head be proud of who you are girl don't put those mechones in your hair be happy with your black hair you're beautiful your skin's beautiful mm-hmm. your your race is resilient mm-hmm. my grandma didn't bust her butt in chile fields for some white woman or some white man to try to talk down to me just because of the color of my skin. Absolutely. They worked hard. They built this country. Yeah. I'm never not going to be vocal about it. I mean, I'm going to call it out. Even in my own community, you know, we can't let our anti-blackness show because we're hurting. That's not okay. It's never okay. Es como si tú te cortas la mano yo te digo... Pero a mí me duele la pata. I stubbed my toe. What about my toe, Sofia? <laughs> I know your arm's bleeding, but dang, what about my toe? Hace tres días y nadie me dijo nada. Mm-hmm. But then when it's time to speak or when it's time to do something, you're not there. No llegas. No más pones tu Facebook message. A mí nadie me hizo caso. What about me? So um, let's talk about suggestions. What is your suggestion for people that want to support our allies, black, brown allies, people that are of different races that are coming to support and uh, their talks going on and, and like, what else can they do? I get that a lot. What else can I do? Um, I would just point out that what helped me grow into myself was white allies that approached me and brought up the race subject and said, it's okay the way you're feeling, your your emotions and your feelings are validated. So be that, be that ally then. Approach the subject. Don't run away from the subject of race. Approach it. And when you see something happening, speak up. As a white person, that's not, that's, you don't understand the effect it has on the minority people in the room when you vocalize your ally you're you're being an ally first off the first thing that i want to say is it's about time that we're having these conversations i'm not applauding these for finally speaking out and joining i mean this is the husband how many years of oppression to people of color mm-hmm. they're no saviors i mean it's about time and you know i feel like we all have 
room to grow and sometimes we have to be uncomfortable to grow and you know first and foremost if you can vote please vote don't tell me that you don't care or that it doesn't matter because look because you didn't vote look who's in look who's our administration look who's running it nebraska Mm -hmm. is the red because maybe that if you would have gone and voted if you would have registered and i mean if you don't know how to you can always reach out to me i'll help you i just want us to remember that you know everything that we do we are representing and we are um when we're out here voting and we're out here doing things we are representing um we're not just representing ourselves you know we're representing all the people that live in silence the people that can't vote the people that are undocumented and if we feel like such horrible things are happening to us because of the color of our skin we also have to remember can you imagine what they're going through when they don't have a voice when they're treated as you know secondhand citizens you know there's children out there there's families out there every day they're struggling with much more than just covid racism you know they fear ice they feel separations from their family so you know we have to be the voice for those people too i agree um my suggestion is be open to those difficult conversations chase your butterflies um at the end of the day i think we can all come to um the basic basic respect of life um and and basic hope for the future of our kids what do we do to embrace multiculturalism multiculturalism in omaha nebraska progressing forward is that possible we keep having these conversations we keep um joining getting together we keep sharing ideas we keep showing support um, more than the Facebook share, showing up in person, teaching our kids, taking uh, our kids and making sure that they're aware and woke and learning and welcoming. Mm. Mm. Nice. I just appreciate you ladies being brave and vulnerable and open to having this conversation. Let's see where it leads. Let's add to it. Let's add more people to the group. Let's keep talking about this be okay with being uncomfortable for a minute because in the end you're going to have more clarity and more um be a being a part of the conversation uh and it's important and it's important that all people from all walks of life come to the table and have a conversation um i feel like this this whole kind of discussion came up because of people of other cultures maybe saying things that weren't that were incorrect or that had um just something that they just ignorance behind it and you're like okay well we need to have a conversation about how this you saying this made me feel this way and this is why and if you have any questions ask i'm here to answer them Thank you both. You guys are both mujeres chingonas. Don't let anybody tell you different. You some bad bitches up in here. We won't. <laughs> Thank you so much, Myra, for being a part of this. I appreciate you. And yes, honey, brown is beautiful. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with us. All right, y'all. You know, 
we want to talk to you. So join us for the after party because you always know there's an after party. You can find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash humilde y poderosa. Let me spell that for you. H-U-M-I-L-D-E-Y-P-O-D-E-R-O-S-A. Instagram.com forward slash humilde y poderosa. On Twitter, it is humilde poderosa without the Y in the middle. Why? Porque son más putos. Just kidding. Love you. We will see you next time. Yo soy su servidora, la mera mera, la Sofía. Ciao!